When you make classic podcasts all the time, you know that what you put in your ears is of the utmost importance. That's why I love Sonos and the new Sonos Move. Move is the premium portable smart speaker for listening all around your home and outdoors. You can stream No Dunks and other much worse podcasts, music, radio, audiobooks, and more with Wi-Fi or Bluetooth and experience clearly detailed sound and rich bass for up to 11 hours with Move's long-lasting battery and durable, weather-resistant design. Just pick Move up off its indoor charging base and bring the sound with you from room to room. You can listen to No Dunks while you shower and make breakfast. You can put on No Dunks to focus in your home office. Enjoy some No Dunks on your patio or in the backyard. With automatic true play tuning, you can be sure Move sounds great no matter where you are or which classic episode of No Dunks you're listening to. Switch Move to Bluetooth mode to stream anywhere Wi-Fi doesn't reach or to enjoy richer sound for video calls from your phone or computer. Plus, Sonos works with all your streaming services. And control is simple with the Sonos app, Apple AirPlay 2, or your voice using Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant while on Wi-Fi. You can also stream thousands of stations, including live radio from around the world and original programming, free from Sonos Radio through the app. And of course, you can connect Move to other Sonos speakers around your home over Wi-Fi to create your perfect sound system and enjoy listening to no dunks in more rooms. Sonos is simple to set up and it sounds incredible. Y'all know I love catching deep bass, but Sonos' deep bass caught my attention and my wife's. After I set up our Sonos, she walked upstairs and said, something sounds different. I looked her straight in the eyes and told her, that's Sonos, baby. Now she agrees that Sonos is the best way to listen to every No Dunks classic. Tass's baritone sounds its fullest. Lee's accent even more charming. My cackle comes through clear as a bell. So head to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos move today. She's a goth girl, but she's also really good at tennis. Yeah, she's a cool, freaky goth girl, and she's also really good at tennis. She listens to The Cure, but she's got a 110 mile per hour serve. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, September 17th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us live here, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tass. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Hey, yo. yo. The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> last but not least, making the magic happen, J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to everyone joining us live right now on YouTube and or listening slash watching the podcast a little later in the day. We see you as well. Keep your questions and your comments coming for Beach Steppen. Email them in. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at no dunks inc. All right. Fun show here lined up on a Thursday. We're going to get to the all NBA and all rookie teams, which were announced earlier this week. And Lee, you got a special top five for us today. <laughs> Yeah, five. I'd be loose on the five there. Oh, oh baby. Oh boy. oh, boy. Here we go already. Well, I can't wait to see whether it's just one or a hundred. Who knows with Lily? Yeah. Well, I tried to get a little creative with this one, so we'll see how it goes. You've got to take a few risks in life, you know? Hey, hey with no games on last night, let's let, let's let loose here uh, on Why not? Thursday. Yeah. Why not? 
I will say too, I want to apologize in advance to you guys, especially to JD really. We're uh, we're crate training right now. Little Luna, my puppy. So if you start hearing some barking going on during this podcast, again, apologies. Uh, whew, oh, the crate, there you go. The crate. Not easy to deal with. Yeah. Did you hear it already? Okay. <laughs> I heard one, yeah. Okay. We are uh, going to start here, though, with our Nuggets Lakers Western Conference Finals preview and then our predictions. Yes, the Nuggets, the comeback kids, are in the West Finals versus the Lakers. We thought it'd be Clips and the Lake Show, but no, no, no. The Nuggets wanted to spoil it, and that's fine. This could be interesting. Tass, why don't you get us started? We'll dive into our keys before we make our predictions. What do you got your eyes on with this one? Well, before I start, I want to apologize mainly to, to JD. I'm crib training. I've got a baby. So oh. if you hear some cries, <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. Did you hear that? No, no. She's nah, a good... Your house, your house is so big, Tass. They're like in a whole other wing in yeah, your house, man. Yeah, 44 acres, baby. <laughs> I'll get to you tomorrow. It's going to be a while before I get there. Uh, let's, let's talk about uh, Nikola Jokic because I think this is going to be a challenging series for him. In the Western Conference, it doesn't get more challenging than the Lakers and their bigs. Right. Uh, and I think Jokic is going to have to outplay Anthony Davis for them to win this series. But it's going to be tough. Think about Jokic on offense. He's going to be going up against... Three bigs, JaVale McGee will get the start. Then you got Dwight Howard, who's chomping at the bit to play some basketball because he didn't get to play in round number two against the Houston Rockets. He's going to get in there and foul him five times in probably two seconds. Uh, And then Anthony Davis, who's going to play five. That's a lot of work. They're not going to double him uh, like the Clippers did. And there's just going to be a good defender on Jokic at all times. And I think that's why Jokic averaged below his averages uh, during the four matchups against LA this season 16 points and six boards in those four matchups only 49 percent shooting now a couple of games were reduced minutes including that one in the seeding games where they're right. playing playing everybody PJ Dozier getting plenty of minutes and stuff like that so uh you look at it though that it's a challenge it's going to be work for Jokic on that end. and then on the other end the Lakers love scoring inside that's what they do uh more than any other team in the NBA and so his rim protection skills uh, are going to be on display. And uh, I think, again, this is this is the toughest matchup for him uh, because, you know, he's going to have Anthony Davis coming at him. He's going to have LeBron coming at him. And I think Anthony Davis especially, this is sort of his series to shine. This, this is He looks at Jokic, all the accolades that Jokic got throughout that Clippers series or all, all, the, all the talk, I should say, not accolades, uh, but all, all the chatter about him being great. I think Anthony Davis is going to try and, and up Nikola Jokic. So that's the battle I'll be watching, especially in the paint there. LeBron James, I think, is going to feel pretty comfortable going at Jokic, and that's why they had 23 field goals made against the Nuggets in the restricted area per game this season. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to be going at that rim. So this is the kind of series that we talked about. Uh, we had that email earlier this week on our Beach Steppin' podcast. That person was just yearning for yesteryear when Biggs played the game. <laughs> well, this is uh, this is going to be one of those series where not a ton of post-play. There's a lot of facing up and stuff, but a lot of big boys right. going at it at the rim. So this should be a fun one in Jokic. Tall task, uh, but it's good. he's going to have to outplay Anthony Davis, I think, if the Nuggets are going to get to the NBA Finals. Do you think um, the Lakers then and Vogel in Game 1 task will go with a big starting? Uh, you know, we saw what they did against the Rockets, obviously, going small, and I throw that in air quotes because they're still huge. But do you think a, a JaVale or, or a Dwight, I guess, uh, is starting Game 1? Um, yeah. 
Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, JaVel started that series, games one, yep. two, and three, I believe. And then yeah, his minutes dwindled, and then they started getting rid of uh, Dwight. But they want to save Anthony Davis as much as possible, and that's what mm-hmm. JaVale yeah. and Dwight are for. Uh, yeah. You know, Anthony Davis will be playing the five at the end of games, um, for sure, because that's their best lineup. But that's what those other big boys are for. They're for this series. It's it's kind of it's kind of worked out for them uh, that they get to, they get to play now. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, as I said, sure. Dwight was just chilling for a while. Well, they yeah. might get they might get to play. I mean, because Jokic, he's gonna if if McGee and Howard are on him, you got to assume that he's gonna be outside, right? You know, he's not gonna be yeah, doing work like you said in the paint with the dinkers and the dumpers. He can shoot, and he's been incredible in the playoffs from from downtown. Lee, he's like Steph Curry out there. He's shooting forty four percent, I think, from three. So can he pull McGee and Dwight, you know, away from the rim to not only splash some threes on them because they don't want to get that far out, maybe, or to also hit all these cutters that are always zipping back door because you know he's one of the greatest passers of all time. He's definitely in the big man category, and you can just have all that room because he's pulled all these guys away from the rim. That, that's what's fascinating to me. But I'm with you, Tass. Like he's got to be. He has to be lights out for them to go to the finals. I'm talking about Jokic in terms of hitting the three ball, finding all these cutters. And then, yeah, also not getting into foul trouble on the other end, like you said, with all the penetration from the Lakers. Uh, but Millsap can spread the floor too. So if McGee is out there with Anthony Davis on the on the defensive end for the Lakers, you know JaVale's going to have to go out and guard Paul Millsap because he'll take those threes. So the, the Nuggets wouldn't be a totally against that lineup, I don't think. Of course, on the other end, you know, the longer arms, he's a bigger bigger player, uh, JaVale McGee, but he's not like he can kill Millsap offensively either. He doesn't have a ton of moves. So yeah. I don't think the Nuggets would be totally against uh, having that because I think on their end, on the offensive end, Millsap will be like, well, I'll, I'll just sit out here. And he knows he's going to get those threes. And if, if McGee, McGee's out there, then he can get past him as well. So it's not, uh, it's not a huge advantage, I don't think, for the Lakers. But, of course, contesting shots... And going for those second chance opportunities with the bigger bo- bigger bodies, more athletic bodies, it does give them a, an advantage in that respect. So uh, I, I think this is uh, is going to be a fascinating series just to see how impactful uh, Jokic is when you know that the Lakers are going to be locked in on him from the start. And and I expect that they they know that he can control things without having to score huge amounts of points. So they are going to have to kind of defend him with a lot of attention, but also make sure that these other guys, as you talk about, aren't just like running around. Uh, un- unchecked going inside making cuts because that's what you- Jokic is looking for. Yeah, maybe the Clippers were a little too focused on Jokic was the problem. <laughs> they kept running two guys at him and he just kept well, that's the a, open But guy. that's the thing. If they throw two at him, that's fine for Jokic. He's going to like that. Oh, I know. know. It's, you know I think so that's, that's the what I mean. dumbest strategy you can do with a guy like yeah, that. that. That's what I mean. They have to have yeah. one guy on him and everyone else paying attention. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, Jokic, he- he's going to be fine in either way in that situation. Yeah, the Nuggets so- want to see Dwight and McGee, honestly, uh, because Jokic can dominate those guys. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's not posting up every single time, but he can score on both of those yeah. guys easily inside. He was giving it to Rudy Gobert with dinkers and dumpers, and that guy's a defensive player of the year yeah. candidate. And the problem will be that if Jokic dominates the Lakers centers too much, when they switch to Anthony Davis at five, because then Jokic can't just take up space. He's got to play in space. And mm-hmm. the Lakers will be... Far more ruthless hunting Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. in pick and rolls than the Clippers were. They really let Jokic off the hook by not making him defend pick and rolls all the time. That's not his strength. He's got quick hands. He's big. He rebounds, but he's not necessarily going to be pressuring ball handlers outside. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they'll start with Dwight and McGee, no doubt about it. They will get a chance, but once Davis goes to the five, things get tough for Denver. 
Yeah, that'll definitely be something to watch for sure. And I'm with you guys. I, I agree, Tass. Like, I think you're going to see McGee start. I mean, I guess it could be Dwight too, but it'll probably be McGee. And uh, just fouls alone, right? You don't want AD to, like, pick up, you know, two quick fouls and suddenly now he's got to go to the bench and he's out of rhythm. Yeah, it makes sense just to use those guys. And, yeah, got to keep him engaged here too. I think Dwight was already talking about how bored he is in the bubble. He's already in the bubble. is nothing to do, but now he's not even playing in yeah. the Rocket Series. It's like, what am I do, even doing here? So, yeah, just to get those guys back in the flow a little bit. And uh, this appears to be a series where they're going to get some minutes. All right, so, Trey, what do you got your eyes on? I'm looking forward to seeing how Jamal Murray gets untracked in this series because a lot of people are saying, who on the Lakers is going to guard Jamal Murray? And that makes sense. You know, he's had a couple of 50-point games. He obviously had a 40 in a game seven, but this is also similar to both of the series that we've had with the Lakers so far. Damian Lillard comes in. Who on the Lakers is going to guard Damian Lillard? He had a huge game, and then the Lakers seem to figure it out. Who's going to guard James Harden? He had a huge game, then the Lakers figured it out. So it's going to be interesting to Mm. see what Murray does when the Lakers start with their counters. They were great double-teaming Dame. They were great with double teams on James Harden, and they were just forcing other people to make plays. Now, the Nuggets are are lucky that they have another point guard out there in Nikola Jokic, where if the ball gets taken out of Murray's hands, you got somebody out there who's maybe even a better playmaker than he is. But it's going to be interesting to see where Murray gets his shots from, if he's able to have one of these huge games, or if it's such a key for the Lakers that they say, we'll let Jokic beat us. We'll let Paul Millsap try and beat us. We're just doing everything we can to get the ball out of Jamal Murray's hands. And how does he respond to that? Furthermore, are the Lakers guards going to hit threes? They got to play defense. They got to get the ball out of Murray's hands. They got to make him less impactful in this series, but it's not just defense for the Lakers. They got to make open threes because LeBron and Dwight generate open threes. Who LeBron you, and AD. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. We knew who you're talking about. Who do you think gets the, you know, the bulk of the minutes on Jamal Murray? Is it Rondo? Rondo will play on him. Yeah. Uh, probably down the stretch, I would imagine. Um, but, I mean, who they'll all take a lot of chances on him. Caruso will guard him sometimes. KCP will guard him sometimes. Danny Green. They've got a lot of options, especially if you're double teaming and then getting into rotation. Yeah. yeah, I think I think out of all those, Danny Green a little bit slower, and uh, Jamal will like that matchup. But KCP will throw his body at him for sure, and then uh, and then we've seen what Rondo did against James Harden. Rondo will be right in his face as much as he can, so they'll they'll definitely be trying to make things uh, as uncomfortable as possible for Jamal Murray. But he's kind of seen a bit of that as well so far, so you know he's going to be expecting it. Yeah, yeah. The difference is, I think, between uh, you know guarding James Harden and guarding Damian Lillard, the Lakers did very well. The difference is those were the primary guys on those teams, and they shut them down really, really well with with a couple of guys. Even though we all thought, oh, Avery Bradley would be perfect in this scenario for Dame um, or for James Harden, but they found a way to shut them down as the because they were the primary option. But now it's Jokic, uh, so they they won't be doubling Jamal Murray as much. It is going to be up to those perimeter guys that just kind of stick with them. And uh, I think yeah, KCP to me is is the the answer to start the game. And uh, there's we're going to have to have some some playoff Rondo towards the end of game to to get nasty with them. Uh, but Jamal Murray could carve him up. Uh, you know he is a lot faster than Rajon Rajon Rondo when you know. When we get into it, when when Rondo's uh, playoff Rondo kind of dissipates a little bit, I mean, Jamal Murray can cook uh, Rondo if they try and play him one-on-one. I'm just kind of wondering if they try and double like they did against Harden or Lillard at times, uh, will other guys you know light it up? Will, will Jokic light it up? I, I don't think you can really play the same way by doubling like you did against Harden and Lillard. Yeah, I also, if if Murray's got it going, like he has a couple times down here in the bubble in the playoffs, 
they'll throw LeBron James on him. I mean, they'll, they'll put him on for they'll put him on him for a couple of possessions just to try and get him out of his rhythm, put some height on him. Obviously, a huge guy, um, trying to stay with him. Jamal is very quick, but you know, LeBron's done this. It feels like a, an eternity time ago, an eternity ago now with uh, Derrick Rose and stuff like that, like getting switched up on him. Sorry, Trey, I didn't mean to bring that up. I see you shaking your head there. But it's been a bad day for Bulls fans with regards <laughs> to the Miami Heat. They just had that report from uh, Zach Lowe, basically detailing how Dwayne Wade signed with the Bulls for one season, got paid fifty million dollars, and convinced Jimmy Butler to come sign with the Heat. <laughs> Tough one. Sorry, Tough one this pi- morning. Didn't mean to pile on there, but you're right. I think you could just LeBron a, a breaking case of emergency if Jamal has those threes dropping he's got the little floater he's getting inside hitting his little jelly layups yeah they'll they'll say lebron will just say give him to me Uh, let let me see if i can slow him down here so that that'll be you know that won't be for the whole game by any means but there will be some spot instances there i think all right lee what do you got what are you watching here well just the nugget stamina Uh, i mean they've had two seven game series they've come back from three one i mean emotionally physically mentally that takes an enormous toll and and do the nuggets look at this season now and go no matter what this has been an incredible success we've done things that probably weren't expected to be done Mm. uh certainly when we were down three one to the utah jazz and have they got another series in them against a team that's uh, probably now the favorite to win the championship? And that's going to be the real challenge, I think, for the Nuggets to just get themselves back there. And, uh, you know, they can't afford to get behind, I don't think, either with the Lakers. Because what are you the- talking about? That's the thing. They get behind. <laughs> well, I think, though, if that happens again, I, I, I'd be shocked. I'd love it if they did it again. But I think this time, if they get behind, the Lakers will probably bury them. I mean, I just think that's the Lakers have seen how they can fight back and how they can come back. So they won't take any chances. So can the Nuggets find that energy again to go against this incredible juggernaut team of the Lakers because the Lakers have played 10 games and the last two games were glorified runs, whereas the Nuggets have had 14 games. A lot of those have been pretty intense games as well. And it takes a lot to then to, just to be able to go, all right, let's get out there and, and go at it again. When you're going up against LeBron, who's so focused and, and wants to win the championship, of course, and Anthony Davis is there. I mean, they're both first, uh, first team All-NBA players. They're fresh. They're ready. You know, they've got no significant injury concerns or, or missing any players apart from Avery Bradley out there. So the Lakers have seen what the Nuggets are doing. They're not going to... I don't think LeBron's going to give the Nuggets the game, uh, his, his traditional first game either. I think LeBron's We're not going to see another douchebags? Uh, I don't think so. I, th- I think LeBron's mm. going to come out pretty determined to, to try to take the life out of this team as quickly as they can. Now, you know, I, the, look, the Nuggets are young apart from Millsap. They're, they're, they're a team that believes in themselves and they will fight. There's no doubt about that. They'll fight, but... Can they get it through another series? Uh, that's the big question. Wh- yeah. Whether or not they've got it in them to, to keep on going to play at the level they've been playing at the last couple of weeks. Yeah, the counter, though, to the mental or physical fatigue for them is they are playing with house money right now. And it's like they are loose. They're having fun. That's all they keep saying. We're just having fun. Yeah. I mean, and that can work, right? That's got that sort of like, huh, why not us vibe? You know, <laughs> like we're just still scrapping away. No one's picking us to win. I'm, I'll be shocked if any of you guys here on this podcast pick the Nuggets to pull off the upset. So they can just continue to run with that. You can just play a little free and easy. I- I'm with you. It's not going to be... It's not going to be a cakewalk, and nor have their other series. And the Lakers with LeBron, you know, he's got some experience in postseason uh, series and how they go. But at least they have that still going for them. It's not yeah. like suddenly like, well, no, they should they should probably uh, you know be a legit chance to go to the finals. No one's going to have them, so that's good, I think, for them. Yeah, no, I I think you're right. It's just if this was say the first round, maybe they could surprise the Lakers a little bit. But seeing the Lakers have just watched what they've done, and they're like, all right, this team's legit. You know, let's let's not yeah. give them a chance here. And uh, you know, that's all. And, and again, it's just tough. It's just tough to continue playing at that level. And um, you know, the Nuggets, like you say, are playing with house money. But you don't want them to also be like, well, it doesn't matter now because we've done so well. You want them to be like, hey, we want to keep this thing going as much as we can. 
Yeah, I kept thinking, I tweeted it out here before the show, I kept thinking of that Jamal Murray quote from June prior to the NBA restart when he was like on some Zoom call and he was basically like, why can't we go win the title? <laughs> why not us? And I know a lot of guys do this, but it was like this, like he had been working out with the Joker, he said, he's all athletic, he's fit now. And he said, quote, Jamal Murray, we don't think there's a team that can beat us in a seven-game series when we were playing at our best. I mean, that's the key there. Uh, and it really starts with the Joker and Jamal Murray, and then the other guys got to fill in the parts. Uh, and it's helped they got Gary Harris back. So I don't know. I, I, love, I just love that they are like, hey, why not? Well, what do we have to lose? It's great. I mean, that's something, uh, something really enjoyable about that vibe. And they're like, they're talking about it a lot, even in their post-game interviews where they're saying, yeah, we're just having a blast. And it's like, just go out there and hoop and uh, see what happens. Well, will that work against LeBron and the Lakers? Well, we're going to find out. We'll get to our predictions. Anything to add to sort of Lee's point there about stamina tasks and, and the possibility of this being the end of this sort of Cinderella run, if you want to call it that? Well, I, this is the conference finals. I don't think anyone's playing around here. I think the Nuggets are coming in thinking they can win and, and are going to try and win game one. And the Lakers have been playing for this all year True. long. So I think this is finally uh, the game one that they come out uh, and, and don't joke around. Uh, no more playing around like, you know, they they're felt, they felt out the Blazers, felt out the Rockets a little bit. Uh, and this is... Again, because I don't think they can even think about, you know, like they, they double Dame and double Harden uh, towards the end of possessions. I don't think they can do that in this possession in this series. So I think they all have to be ready to guard their guy, ready to guard their yard, as the Miami Heat say. So <laughs> so it's it's on you. You got to do your job uh, to play one on one. And I, I, again, like, yeah, Jamal Murray said that in June, uh, but in October and September when the Lakers first got together, they knew that they were going to be playing uh, in, in this position. And they have been all business in the bubble. Yeah. Uh, they, they really have in, in these first playoff series after, you know, the, the chilling out in game ones a little bit. So I, I'm looking forward to, you mentioned Gary Harris. I wonder, um, because Michael Malone deserves some credit, beginning of that second round series, they just threw in Gary Harris. It wasn't reactive. They just started him right from the from the get-go, thinking that was their best way. Uh, I wonder if there's any lineup changes for either team. I don't think there is. I think the Lakers start KCP and Danny Green in the backcourt, and I think uh, the Nuggets start Jamal Murray and Gary Harris in the backcourt. People are saying, maybe you start Alex Caruso to go after Jamal Murray. I, I, I think mm. you, save, you save that little bald bulldog for later on in the games. Uh, and, uh, and from are the they crate training Alex Caruso right now? <laughs> <laughs> if you hear Alex Caruso say something in the background, it's we're also crate training him. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I don't think the Nuggets pull out... Uh, go crazy with a Michael Porter Jr. because they need some some scoring and throw him instead of Gary Harris. I don't think so. So I, I think those will be the lineups and uh, the great training will be done on the bench for uh, for the kids. Is it I, uh, hard to guard a 44-acre yard? Especially with people walking by saying, look at the grass on that. Oh, a lot that. of grass to maintain, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You just, you got to put up a lot of signs and beware of dog. You know, those bull crap signs. All those people that don't have dogs, that's this guy. You got to beware of dog sign everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, don't those startle you guys? If you go oh, to yeah. somebody, somebody's house, you, you know, take a yeah. quick step back. You don't you're know like, if where you're is dealing. this thing? It could be anywhere. Exactly. And it could be anything. It's not necessarily a Luna. <laughs> no, no. A Luna it could, would, it could be a monster. Right now. Right. Uh, that, is, that is a good distinction, though, about like you're talking about the, the Lakers coming in probably much more focused because this has been sort of their MO all season long. Because when we talked about the Clippers, 
it was all about the flipping of the switch, right? Like, we got all the talent in the world. We'll be able to flip that switch when we need to, lock in, and we'll beat the opponent. But the Lakers with LeBron, it has felt more like a dimmer. It's been the dimmer. They've just sort of cranked it up at the start of the season, just cranked it up a little bit more. Then we had the weird break, of course, with uh, COVID and the pandemic. But then in the playoffs and, and into the bubble there, started to slowly crank it up. Um, so you can't flip the switch. You got to use a dimmer. Install a dimmer. It's, it's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I, I hear you on that. The Lakers, I think, are, are not going to just take them for granted by any means. And they're just they're just wired differently than what we saw from the Clippers, I think, is the, the honest truth. It's just yep. uh, they sort of were just a little bit more like, eh, uh, hum. We'll, we'll figure this out. Our talent will get us by. But Lakers are talented, and they're, they appear to be at least a little bit more focused and ready to go. Um, my key to watch here, you brought up Michael Porter Jr., I saw Sean Powell at NBA.com. He summed up sort of the key for this West Finals for me. This series might demand like a bonus player from either team uh, to to surface and deliver in a few games. So it's like, who's going to be the third wheel? We got AD LeBron. We got Jokic Murray. They've been phenomenal throughout the entire postseason. But who will be, uh, you know, the third wheel on the tricycle to sort of slowly pedal into the finals there, at least for a couple games? And I think for the Nuggets, it would be pretty obvious that it could be a Michael Porter Jr. Um, you know, he would challenge for that third wheel spot. And for the Lakers, it could be Kuzma. So it's like this battle of these like young guns. And yeah, Jeremy Grant for the Nuggets is going to chip in. Gary Harris, as we talked about, he's rounding into form offensively. He always brings it defensively. But I think Michael Porter Jr., he's got to be special for us to be eating more hummus two weeks from now, right? Like, he <laughs> he does, because he was amazing in the seeding games, averaging 22, went for 30 a couple times, but then his role diminished in the postseason, mainly because of his defensive liabilities, his lapses on that end. But can you hide him a little bit more versus the Lakers on the defensive end of the floor and then get his offense, you know, get him going for a couple 20-point performances? I think there's some possibilities. You know, you're 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 putting him on a on a questionable shooter let's say at times or a streaky shooter out there for the Lakers you can maybe hide him so he might get more of a chance here um, to help and then but of course Vogel and LeBron would be smart they're going to try and get him involved in action and switch him up like Trey said that earlier so that could be a a worry but and then Kuzma same thing he was sort of great in the seeding games and sort of you know had his moments he's doing the small things but hasn't really exploded offensively for the Lakers in in the postseason so that's my that's my key. I'm watching MPJ and Kuzma, or is it somebody else that steps into that third uh, third wheel status? That's what I got my eyes on. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, guys. Yeah, you would almost even say that Rondo was the third guy for the Lakers yes. against uh, the Rockets. And, uh, you know, the benches, I don't know that the benches are going to be huge in this, but somebody's going to have to play and somebody's going to have to show up and make some plays. Rondo was instrumental, actually, yep. uh, getting the ball moving and stuff. So, We'll see if Jeremy Grant is able to have some sort of an effect on LeBron. You know, he did a lot better against Kawhi Leonard than I think people were expecting, myself included. Millsap uh, doesn't have a long track record of shutting down LeBron, but at least he knows the tricks. Uh, At least he has the experience against them. So if there's a way for the the Nuggets to to limit the playmaking of LeBron, then Rondo's going to have to step up as well. Yeah, fair. All right, so let's get to predictions. Task, get us started, man. Lakers, Nuggets, where are you going? Mm, this one's uh, it's tough. I find it difficult after watching the Nuggets perform at the level that they did. But I think I'll take the Lakers in six. Okay. Just, I don't know. Um, I, know I know that's probably the popular pick. Uh, but I think, yeah, the Lakers have been such a good team from October till now. I just don't see them letting up 
even three games against this Nuggets team. A couple, I think, would be would be a good make for a good series for us from a fan's perspective. And, and I don't think, even though the Nuggets believe in themselves, I don't think that's anything to shake your head at to get a couple games off uh, the Lakers. So I'll take Lakers in six. All right. Leah, what do you got? Uh, prior to the season starting, I picked Mike Malone to be coach of the year, Jokic to be MVP, and the Nuggets to go to the finals. Uh, wow. Now I, f- I forgot all about that until <laughs> until like until they beat the Clippers the other night, and I thought, why not hop back on that wagon right now? Yes. Because, <laughs> because it's like you know what? I actually believe the Nuggets are now better than than I thought they were when they were down three one against the Jazz, and I think that you know you sort of mentioned that they've got nothing to lose here. There's no home court advantage. They're playing well. This is what you want when you are a team that's playing well. You just want those games to keep coming back. So I'm going to take the Nuggets. And also, I don't know if you guys saw, but the Denver Nuggets tweeted yesterday, everyone picking the Clippers. And just and they just said, oops, and they did that. And right, so they, right. it's kind of like when Tass picked the uh, when they picked, Tass picked the Clippers a few years ago against the Spurs. So I want to be that guy who's like, where it's just like, Lakers, 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 Nuggets, lead. It'd be like, okay, great. Oh, so, man, you did. <laughs> um, but also, honestly, I'm actually pulling for the Nuggets in this series. So I'm going to back them. I'm going to uh, tip them to win it in six games. I think this is a huge upset coming. I just want the Nuggets to win, so I'm going to pick them, and hopefully my preseason prediction will come true. I picked the Nuggets and the Bucks, I think, to make the final. So I'm, I've missed out on that right. one. That's I've right. got this one here. Uh, why not? Let's have some fun. Wow. Okay, yeah, the Nuggets. Before this whole thing uh, restarted up, I think they were uh, the seventh best odds to win the finals lead. 22 to 1 chance to win it. I don't know what it was to get there. I'm sure a little bit less. But you're sticking with your hummus nuggets, man. Why not? Why not? Uh, it's been fun watching them play, been fun cheering them, and that that hummus was beautiful. So I'm all in on the nuggets. <laughs> you know what the problem with this, uh, this prediction, though, is, Lee? Um, that Nuggets fans might get upset by it because what was working was everybody picking against them. Everybody calling them hummus. Everybody, you know, just saying they were the appetizer to the main course. But now you're like, you're showering them with praise. That might backfire. Uh, I yeah. don't know. Don't pick us, they're saying. Don't pick us. Yeah. Pick the Lakers. Yeah, yeah they yeah. might. I mean, it's I, working. I, I, but I, I really do hope we get to see the same team that we've seen these last three games against the Clippers. Fighting hard, playing fun basketball. Yeah. Fun, fun basketball yeah, to watch. Sure. Uh, and really put it to the Lakers. So... Give me the nuggets. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Didn't see that coming. I got to be honest. So Lee's got nuggets in six. Tass has Lakers in six. Trey, where do you fall? Well, the Cinderella Nuggets versus the We Believe Lakers. Who do you not believe in more? You know, a couple of underdogs here really trying uh, to pull it off. The big thing for the Nuggets in this series is they only have to win three games. They're going to win game one. That always happens. I know Tass is saying they're going to come in fired up. I doubt it. I doubt it. (laughs) The Lakers haven't played for six days. Once this happens, the Nuggets will be waiting three days. So that's 1-0 up. Then you look at the the lineups that the Nuggets are going to be rolling out. Paul Millsap, he looks over. He sees another Morris twin. Uh Uh-oh, there's another win for the Nuggets. Now they only got to win two games out of five. This is easy. Nuggets in seven. Yes! 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 I feel like that meme. I feel like that meme. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You don't Uh, want pissed off Paul out there, man. Uh, well, there's no way I'm picking the Nuggets because they have peeved off, pissed off Paul. He's playing LeBron James. It never goes well. He's never won a playoff game versus LeBron James. He's uh, 0-8, and uh, you know the regular season's not that great either. I am taking the Lakers. I love this, though. I love hearing these Nuggies picks. But I'm doing the opposite. I want the Nuggets in a way. I'm rooting for them now. But this is why I'm saying Lakers in five. I got no respect. Ah, get out of here, Nuggets. You're not even... 
you're not even worthy of hummus. You're not even <laughs> worthy. Of, yeah, I'm a little reverse psychology right now because I would love to see them put up a fight here. But I'm going to go Lakers in five. And uh, I, I hope it continues to work. Picking against them, I mean, I guess we all had them in the first round <laughs> moving on. But in the second one, we didn't think they were going to beat the Clippers. That was my team preseason, the Clippers, to go to the finals. And it made me look silly. But I'll say Lakers in five. Tass has Lakers in six. And we got some Nuggets boys up in here. Trago and Nuggets in seven. <laughs> saying that would be, boys. what, their fifth consecutive game oh, seven? Yeah. Yeah. for the Nuggets the if series, they do it yeah. and then Lee is saying uh, Nuggets in six because it was his uh, well forgotten preseason <laughs> pick it was a thing he said once upon a time I mean, yeah that's a thing I would have never had to no one would have ever remembered it if they weren't in this position <laughs> sure. why not pull it out right now and play that card who cares yeah for sure for sure so this one gets underway uh, Friday night I do believe game one of the Western Conference Finals let's hear your predictions let us know on Twitter at no dunk sync let us know in the YouTube chat if you're joining us live right now Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. It's week two of the NFL starts tonight, guys. Hold on. For those just listening, JD just jumped back online. He is topless, but he has a headband on. You're getting the sweat in I've got the sweat on, man. I'm feeling the sweat thanks to DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Guys, I'll be honest. I was skeptical about this sweat last week, but I get it now, and I'm all in. I'll let it <laughs> To add to this week's, week's excitement, DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup now and feel the sweat like never before. <laughs> it's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million dollars in prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use code RUN for a limited time. You New users can... Uh, I should have worn my glasses. <laughs> they get a free shot at a million dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on week two action. Enter code RUN and get a sh- free shot at a million dollars in prizes with your with, with your first deposit. That's code RUN, R-U-N, at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Oh man, why did why did why didn't we put that one second here in the rundown? I have to follow that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I feel in a sweat, man. Looking good. Feel- Bod's looking good, man. Thanks, From you know the nips up. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I purposely <laughs> set up the shot that way. <laughs> physical, physical. I wanna get physical. <laughs> Let me hear your body talk. Oh man! I just tweeted out a screen grab of a topless JD in a headband saying, "If you're not joining us live, what are you doing?" Oh my goodness! All right, great work. Well, as many of you know, I've said it already. My wife Nora and I adopted a new puppy last week. She is an absolute sweetheart. I would absolutely kill for her already. But let's be honest. Puppies can be a real handful. Oh my God. We're up every few hours, take her outside to go potty. Busy teaching her her basic commands. Right now it feels like every minute I'm awake is dedicated in some way to Luna's needs. Same goes for Nora. So as you can imagine, that does not leave a lot of time guys for cooking right now. All eyes on the puppy. It's all oatmeal and frozen dinners over here. I'm wasting away. 
Or, well, I would be if it wasn't for DoorDash. Thank the heavens. It's the app that brings us food we're craving right now, right to our door. Leaves us more time to train the smartest dog in the world. Seriously, I, I'm convinced you give me a good seven or eight weeks and I'm going to have this dog podcasting, okay? This dog's going to go live on YouTube in seven or eight weeks. No one believes you that you have a dog because we haven't seen it on the stream. On the stream? Oh, we okay, haven't well, seen it. Well, that's funny you say that. Um, we are, you know, we, we're, we're, a one, we're a bungalow house here, right? So there's not a lot of stairs, but we're trying to, like, keep her out of every single room. We got to, you know, you guys know, we got the big giant room. That's, uh, that's where she's predominantly. But I'm in the office. We haven't got to the office. She doesn't sure, even sure. know this room exists right now. Yeah, yeah too young to be working. She yeah. doesn't have any work to do. That's no, no, not yet. Not yet. Seven or eight weeks. She's going to have, I, if we just put her live on YouTube... She'd have more viewers than us in, I don't know, three <laughs> days. Something like that. She's that cute. But guys, ordering with DoorDash is so easy. You open the DoorDash app, you choose what you want to eat, and your food is left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code NODUNKS. That's all one word. That's $5 off. Your first order, zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code NODUNKS. Don't forget, that's code NODUNKS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Yeah, we'll get Luna up in the stream here one of these days. Did you Uh, consider naming her Dog? (laughs) <laughs> no, I didn't. Really? That didn't, I, I didn't come up? That's crazy. I didn't. Findog. Findog sounds like a male name to me. Maybe that's, uh, you know, I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm adding a gender to it. I shouldn't do that, but it sounds more of a male name. Findog. Here, Findog. <laughs> Findog. Unusual to name a dog, dog. No doubt yeah. about it. Every time I would say, come here, Findog, Nora would hand me $5. It would be very, very confusing. Uh, and you could use that $5 uh, with DoorDash there. All right, guys. We got some news here. Some all-NBA teams. Uh, three All-NBA teams were announced on Wednesday, led by LeBron James, picked for his 16th All-NBA squad, uh, which snapped a tie with Hall of Famers Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most in league history. Crazy. LeBron was uh, obviously one of five players to make the first team alongside Giannis, James Harden, Luka, and Anthony Davis. The other 10 players honored guards Chris Paul and Damian Lillard, forwards Pascal Siakam and Kawhi Leonard, and center Nikola Jokic. They made up the second team and guards Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook, forwards Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler, and center Rudy Gobert were selected for the third team. So, there's your 15 guys. Any big surprises? Snubs? Whatever you want to call it, Lee? Well, I think there's three storylines that came out of this. The first one you mentioned there, LeBron setting the record 16. Not a huge surprise, all things considered, how good he was. So I'm going to move on from that one pretty quickly and get to the more juicier ones. And that is that two players who didn't make selection for either team... Joel Embiid and Chris Middleton both had more total points votes than two players who did make the third team in Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. But because of the positions they played, they got in, uh, as in uh, Simmons and Westbrook got in over Middleton and Joel Embiid. Now, Joel Embiid polled three first team votes as well and didn't get in, whereas Westbrook and Simmons polled none Mm -hmm. of that first team. And then the other sort of story point, the storyline is that Bradley Beal became the first person ever to score average 30 points a game for the season and not make any team at all. So those are the two really big sort of juicy talking points, I think, that came out of it yesterday. And I really want to focus on the first one more so and, you know, see what you guys think. Like, should we, you know, scrap positions and just make it the 15 best players for the for the season? Because these awards 
impact contracts and uh, yeah. impact salaries and things like that. So should that be what gets you in the first team, the most votes, or should it be based on position? Because for me, you know, I look at uh, Russell Westbrook and he had good a good patch this season, but I certainly wouldn't say he was all NBA more so than what I saw from Chris Middleton throughout the season, in my uh, my opinion there. I thought and you so, had Westbrook in your MVP ballot. I don't think you had Chris Middleton. I had Westbrook in my MVP ballot? I thought you had him ahead of Harden, talking like number five when we were going back to uh, like the restart era. You were, you were very excited about <laughs> Russell Westbrook sure. during the sure. season. Okay. I may have. I may have. I'm I not sure about that. Uh, did I? <laughs> He's not anyway, sure about yes. yes. Well, okay. Well, okay. I, I've got one of them wrong there. But the thing is, I think, I think over the course of the season, Middleton was more consistent and more deserving, whereas Westbrook had a, an incredible patch there. When, when did I say that? I want to go and check that out. But, uh, <laughs> we but anyway, MVP. The, the, the debate really is, is is that. I mean, should it be 15 best players versus... Uh, well, yeah, because and you're glossing over the, the biggest, um, you know, part of the Middleton thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. He didn't make this because his votes were like split, right? People were voting for him for guard. That's People were right voting part. for him for forward. And for some reason, you can't just combine them. You know, it's it's like the more you got, whatever position you got more at was the one then they would focus on, and that's where he came up short. That's insane. I mean, the yeah. guy got he he got enough votes tasked to get to get an All NBA nod, but because of the ability actually of the you know the the sports writers and broadcasters to put him whatever at whatever position you wanted actually hurt him in the end. So that that is crazy. That I mean that should be fixed for sure. Yeah, it's because of he's listed at forward. He had to be slotted at a forward, and even though he had more points than Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons, who are guards, uh, he wasn't on the list, uh, which is, yeah, it just doesn't make sense, period. Um, so I, I think yeah, the voting is, is, is very convoluted uh, because of that. Um, maybe it's just the five best players that would make more sense. But I think the thing that Lee touched on there, the fact that it affects how much these guys make on paychecks yeah. is a little bonkers. Uh, that, well, the media should not be able to influence how much money these guys make. So Ben Simmons gets a, uh, an increase because he made it the third All-NBA team, even though he had less votes than Chris Middleton. Pascal Siakam gets an increase on yep. his pay because he made uh, the second team there. It just doesn't make sense. I think those the brackets of wh- how guys should be paid should just be brackets. I, I know that it was sort of... Uh, I mean, basically, it's it's written in like the you know the Derrick Rose rule that guys should get paid. The superstar should get paid more. Stars should get paid more, essentially. But I mean, that's that's just how you sign guys should be. How you sign guys, I think that's that's nuts uh, to me. That that part, the whole money thing, and then the voting, the voting thing is also just yeah, top fifteen guys kind of makes sense. I understand that when people see their ballots, maybe they want to be able to choose between a center and wings and guards, but wings and guards are the same thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like Chris yeah. Middleton. And why, why shouldn't he, regardless of what you think about his season, he got more votes. It, it doesn't make sense. What do you think, Trey? Well, I think if we go top 15, Chris Middleton's not getting in all NBA anyways. The biggest uh, snub to me is Embiid should have been in there over Gobert. Uh, He gives it to you on both sides. It was an underwhelming season uh, for Joel Embiid. I had him as a defensive player of the year and MVP candidate. I remember that. I remember feeling like a fool for that for the majority of the season. But he did have a good year. Just not exactly what we were expecting for Joel Embiid. The other weirdest thing about this is that 
these are obviously based on pre-bubble stats yeah. and pre-bubble happenings. So they probably should have announced this before we went in the bubble. So you don't have things that look super weird, like Russell Westbrook making an all-NBA team, Pascal Siakam making an all-NBA team. Give it to us in June. Give it to us in July when you know uh, that we're still focusing on what happened the first four and a half months of the season rather than these crazy seeding games in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I know I know. I've said uh, Westbrook for most improved. I said I was making a case for that. I, I definitely remember. I, I don't remember saying for MVP, but I'm not. I may be wrong. I just uh, we gotta go check the tape. Yeah, I've wow. got to check the know. tape. Yeah, because I know I was making a weird case for him for most improved because of the way he adjusted his game. But uh, anyway. yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. I, I could have sworn you had him in a top five MVP vote as well, though. What Trey was yeah. saying, but but I you know I we we yeah. say a lot here. Exactly, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I do I do like the fact that the first the, the All NBA first team. <laughs> is indicative of most people's MVP ballot, though. Like, all those five guys yeah. were basically the top five guys on MVP ballots, regardless of position. So they hit a home run there. Uh, that's essentially the five best players in the NBA this season had the most votes. Uh, and then, yeah, things get a little sticky going down into the second team where, as Trey brought up, Pascal Siakam, we all had on our all NBA teams. I do believe when we picked them uh, here in the in the hiatus, um, not on our second team necessarily that Pascal made the second team, but it, it is strange to look at it now for sure. And then, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm always of the hey, you got to be able to do it on both ends to be a top fifteen NBA player. It's just to be the fifteen best players in the world. I think you got to be able to score at will and be able to defend. And I. I definitely check the tape. I would never. I wouldn't pick Rudy Gobert over Joel Embiid. It's just don't you have to be able to score? Don't you have to be able to uh, not just dink and dump to get your buckets? You got to be able to to do it. Uh, but I don't know. They're not bad. They're definitely not bad. They're not bad. No, it's no, it's no. not bad at all. No, there are like what you guys are saying. It looks weird now after the bubble to have Tatum below Siakam, to have Butler below Siakam in terms of a ranking on all NBA teams. Sure, but overall, yeah, the Westbrook one is. I was actually a little shocked. I mean, it's a little surprising. He actually still slipped in there and got on one of these. I mean, Lee is right. People are definitely forgetting the first half of the season when he was horrible and are focusing, you know, really on that uh, when we got into the new calendar year when he sort of took over there for for a couple months and was very special. Had Lee, had him in his top five list, we think, um, for MVP. <laughs> had him somewhere. <laughs> yeah, had him, had him somewhere. Had him in the running for some awards. So, yeah, you know, th- that happens, though, all the time. But th- that's what's interesting about that is Siakam still making an all-NBA second team. He's like the flip of Westbrook because he was really, really good at the start of the year and petered off as the year went on. Um, you know, I, I, didn't, I thought looked less and less like an all-NBA player as the season went on. But people, you know, they like to, to remember the beginning. And, of course, the Raptors had a great record. That comes into play, too. There's no doubt when people are making their team. So let's hear from you guys. Are you upset by these at all? Uh, sounds like a lot of you guys probably want like an Embiid in there. You know, Beal's interesting. The guy averages 30 points per game. Do you care with all NBA teams whether the team has any real success? Um, should well, it's that not come just into the, the team equation? success. I think it's the team itself as well. I think it's the Wizards. Oh. I mean, you know, yeah. no, no one really cared at all about the Wizards this season. That was probably the quietest 30-point-per-game average we've seen for such a long time because they were scoring 160 points and right. losing sometimes. Right. So I think that absolutely uh, plays into it. And, and, you know, I hope Beal can find his way to a team where he gets his skills recognized a little bit more because, uh, you know, I think he's sort of wasting away there in Washington. So 
hopefully, you know, he, he will sort of see this and, and look at it for a chance to try to go somewhere else. And, you know, because uh, otherwise this is the sort of thing that's going to get ignored. And this, you know, these are the sorts of things that add up at the end of your career, all NBA vo- uh, positions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he was disappointed. There was, there was a couple of tweets flying around last night. They were great. Everyone, you know, that's mm-hmm. what you want to see. Some people uh, getting in on it like that. So, yeah, I was okay. disappointed for him, but I didn't also expect him to make it simply no. because... Of of uh, of how deep it was at the guard position anyway. It was uh what's sort of cool is that we had some like new names in the mix. I like that because we were missing like a Curry, we're missing a Durant, we're missing a Kyrie. Those guys are staples usually, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for one of the All NBA spots, so you know you take them out and you got some new blood in there, and that's always fun. Got some first time honorees, um, but you know Bradley Beal, Trey, or excuse me, Lee. You know, so where do you draw the line too? Like Trey Young had unbelievable numbers, yeah. incredible numbers, and yeah. it's like you know Hawks didn't win a ton of games. It's like. It was do you just believe Beal's a better player than Trey Young at this point in their careers? Sure, possibly. Would so that that you know vaults him above him, or should they be equal because they have all these monster numbers? Or do the numbers don't mean anything because it's like, yeah, they're playing a high offense, octane offense. It's not a lot of defense. Team ain't winning. You can go a million different ways with this, but if you want to say someone was snubbed, you got to remove someone, right? Mm. That's the thing. You can't just say, well, what about blank? He should be on there. Okay. Well, who are you taking off? That's the way it's got to be. So if you're letting us know on Twitter, at NoDunksInc, you're emailing in, NoDunksAtTheAthletic.com, you say somebody snubbed, somebody has to come off. I assume in a lot of cases it would be a Westbrook, maybe a Simmons. Um, well, Simmons was all-NBA like all first-team defense and deserving mm-hmm. so. So I think he's deserving of all-NBA uh, as okay. well, you know, okay. myself. You think Simmons is better than Joel Embiid to the success that they had this year, 76ers? <sighs> Probably this season, yes, probably. I mean, it's, that, debate, that, that debate yeah. honestly changes week to week, though. You see one of them have a great week, <laughs> yeah. and the other one kind of has a bit of a stinker, and Simmons maybe doesn't take the shot, and then and you know Embiid has a big game, so it's on Embiid. And so that, that's just a fascinating story right there and how that continues next season. But uh, I think that's the thing. Defensively, they're both very, very good, but offensively they both also struggle at times. Embiid's clearly a better shooter of the ball, but uh, is Simmons a better creator, and is he not playing with the right players? Not sure. All right, all rookie teams. On Tuesday, they were announced. Uh, we got our first and second teams. They don't do a third team for this. Uh, John Morant and Zion Williamson, unsurprisingly, headlined the list here. First team, John Morant, Kendrick Nunn of the Heat, Brandon Clark, another Grizzly, Zion, and Eric Paschal of the Golden State Warriors. Second team, Tyler Hero, Terrence Davis II from the Raps, Kobe White from the Bulls. Here you go, Trey. Some good news for the Bulls. Things are turning around already. That's right. Mm -hmm. PJ Washington of the Hornets and Rui Hachimura of the Wizards. Those are your 10 all-rookies. I'm not going to ask you for snubs when it comes to these because I find (laughs) it silly, Taz, but uh, any thoughts or observations from the 10 guys the uh, NBA ultimately decided on? Well, there's two members of the Miami Heat amongst those 10 guys, and Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn, the only team to have more than one rep. I think that just speaks to the culture of bringing guys along, even when they're rooks, to throw them into the system to get them ready to play. They're actually, uh, they actually have only the representatives from any of the playoff teams remaining of all these all rookie teams, the Heat only are the ones that have guys left, and they're both in the rotation right now. Uh, Kendrick Nunn. Doesn't have it going quite yet, but it wouldn't be surprising. He's the only guy in the Heat rotation doesn't really have it going on. That wouldn't be surprising if he just gets it going tonight against the Celtics, because that's how good they are at, 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 at empowering their youth, at giving these kids uh, minutes and getting them involved. And I think it, it, overall, 
the voters did well not to not to bring up the snub thing but the only guy i I guess that people would talk about um not being on is rj barrett because Mm -hmm. he's a number three pick but at the same time rj barrett don't worry about it i think of all the (laughs) of all the all accolades or the all nba very important all defense important Mm mm-hmm uh, all rookie, not important. Uh, no one, no one goes back on a resume and thinks, "Oh man, that guy didn't make the all rookie team." <laughs> Don't worry about it. R.J. Barrett will be fine. Uh, he's, you know, he's got to work on his game and, and get better. But it's nothing to to scoff at. And and I think the uh, the list is good. You don't have to go any deeper than R.J. Barrett and get upset. That's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's the top, it. top ten, the top ten are are pretty solid. Um, one thing I know to hear you talking about the all NBA teams, Lee, with the positions, there's not a center in the mix here. They don't care at all when it comes to all rookies. So why do we care all that much about all NBA teams? Who's the biggest guy in this mix from yeah. these 10 guys? It's like, is it Zion? Is it uh, Hachimura? Yes. I guess it's like those Brandon Clark's. Brandon Clark. Yeah, Brandon Clark's a center and a yeah. Grizzly and a Canadian. You guys got to like, like Brandon Clark more, I think. And how dare they put Eric Pascal over PJ Washington on the first team? Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Didn't uh, PJ Washington but, uh, hit nine threes in his first game? It's a, it's a mystery. Did he? Yeah. Uh, it happened so long ago. But uh, I think you had PJ Washington in your top ten list for MVP, <laughs> if I remember correctly. <laughs> Uh, uh, Skeets, I'm surprised you're not um, advocating for Lou Dort here. Where's uh-huh. the Dort dog? Well, Dort would, uh, yeah, if, it, if bubble play counted for these, uh, I think Dort does get in there uh, for sure. He'd be taking somebody's spot, probably like a Terrence Davis maybe, or maybe even a Kobe or something like it's that. Fun. Terrence Davis, I know he's an old rookie, uh, but it feels like he's been in the league a lot longer than just this first season. You know, it just, I mean, maybe it's just because this season's going on forever, but uh, he doesn't yeah. feel like a rookie. Yeah, no. I, uh, this, this, I'm, I'm, this I'm season Pascal. felt like it started years ago, and that's why mm. Eric Pascal felt like he was good yeah. 14 years ago. But he's a rookie, and he came on the scene, and then kind of faded away a little bit towards the end. Uh, yeah, but uh, nobody cares. I mean, well, he made the all rookie yeah. team. That's good. That's nobody good. cares. Is the way rookie of the year? <laughs> fine. That's the award you want as a rook. Uh, but the all NBA, nobody all rookie. No one goes back and says that's unfortunate. No, he didn't also, make the second all rookie team. This season has been basically a year long. <laughs> yeah, right. We're, uh, what, a month? A month from when we last started, uh, you know, for a full calendar year. That's how long we've been going. But let's hear from you. You got any uh, any snubs, anything you want to say about the all-rookie teams? Or are you like us? You don't really care all that much. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know. All right, we got to take one more quick break here, and then we got Lee's top five. Hi, I'm Tass Mellis from No Dunks on the Athletic. As the great philosopher Brian of the Backstreet Boys once said, Everybody, yeah, hydrate your body, yeah, everybody, hydrate your body, right? Hydration's back, all right! We all know we have to stay hydrated. I've used an app a big water bottle, post-it notes. And proper hydration is extremely important right now. It can really help your immune system. Believe it or not, dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. I like using Liquid IV when I hit that afternoon lull. Instead of grabbing a coffee, I grab one stick of the lemon lime 
put it in my water and I get the energy boost I need without dehydrating my body and getting dry mouth. It's win-win because it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. Oh, my mate Lily would love it. It's healthier than sugary sports drinks with no artificial flavors or preservatives and less sugar than an apple. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target. Or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. All right. Time for the top five question mark. How many will it be? <laughs> top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. Top what do you five, got, Lily? So, yeah, um, so that big block from Bam out of bio on Jason Tatum uh, sparked quite a bit of debate online. And David Aldridge, I think, was the first one who kind of put out a ranking of his top five uh, playoff blocks. And then a lot of other people have done it. And so... Um, I tried to come up with a slightly different angle on this uh, yeah. because we've all seen the Reggie Miller, uh, uh, the Tyshan Prince on Reggie Miller, Kim Olajuwon on John Starks, and of course LeBron on Andre Iguodala. We all know about those. So I've come up with five blocks that I think were significant at the time but have been forgotten. Oh, okay. So okay. Let's see okay. if you guys can remember these ones. Now, this are is we uh, just playoff blocks or playoff blocks only? Okay. Yes, okay. yes. Now, these this is just five. It's not five, four, three, two, one in that sense because it's hard to rank these ones. Sure. And I'll see what you guys think at the end anyway. Okay, game six, the two thousand and fourteen West Finals. The uh, San Antonio Spurs are up three two in the series and up one with uh, with about twenty seconds to go. And the Thunder get a fast break, and Russell Westbrook is going down for a fast break to lay it up to put the Thunder up by one. And Kawhi Leonard does this incredible swat where he kind of gets him from behind and over the top Mm. and steals the ball, and the Spurs go back down and seal the game and win the series. Now, that one's an incredible one. I want you to go and check that one out because it's it's sort of forgotten, but it's a classic Kawhi. Like, Westbrook sort of gets beats him, and Kawhi sort of steals it from over his head. Mm, Gobbles it up. Yeah, so uh, that was a great block, I thought. Okay. Now, I hate myself for this one. I hate myself for this one. And, uh, and Skeetsy, you will hate me for it as well. Uh, Game 7 of the East first round, 2014. The Raptors down by one in overtime. Mm. Kyle Lowry gets the ball inside. He gets a a good, clean sort of release of the ball. He's in the paint there, and Paul Pierce of everyone blocks his floater. (laughs) I like to pretend in my mind Uh, that Kyle just misses the shot and Paul Pierce doesn't block it. It, Because he's so close. I mean, he gets it pretty much off just as Lowry releases it, but he's so close. I'm like looking at the overhead camera and that, and I'm thinking like, that's in. If he he gets that off, that's going in. Like the trajectory, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's still, it's very, very close just out of his hand. But the way I looked at it, I'm like, I reckon that just bounced in, almost like Kawhi Leonard, just caught the rim, bounced off the backboard and dropped in. And the Raptors, imagine the Raptors have won that series, you know, because they lose game one, they play badly, and then it was Paul Pierce of all people. Paul Pierce. Anyway. Hurts. Game six of the 2013 finals. We all remember, of course, the Ray Allen three. Mm -hmm. But following that. Oh, yeah. Chris Bosh has a very, very big block on Danny Green. Now, Danny Green's kind of falling out of bounds. It's like, it's 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 a low 
a percentage shot, but you just never know if that goes in. You know, and Chris Botch, Chris Botch doesn't foul him, which I think is yes. really important there. Yeah. It's a very, very good block. So I think that one kind of gets forgotten because we all see the Ray Allen three, but the game is not over then. That's not like a buzzer-beating three. The, the, the Spurs had a chance to at least tie that game, and uh, Chris Bosch's defense was incredible without fouling, so I thought that was good. I'll, uh, tell you, I'll tell you one guy that didn't forget that block, Chris Bosch, because he took Bam Adebayo's block and took that block and split-screened them and oh put them up on his goodness. Instagram page wow. comparing the two, so... I didn't, did not see that. Anyway, um, now this one, I thought this next one was the closest to the BAM blocking Jason Tatum from the uh, from the other night. And it's game six of the 2013 East Semis. And it's Roy Hibbert on Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Now, yep, there's about fun. five minutes to go in this game, but I think it was more symbolic of that moment that, you know, Melo tries to dunk it. Roy Hibbert blocks it and the Pacers go on to win that game. And it was an upset in that series. The, the, the Knicks were the favorite in that series. And I think that was just kind of pretty much that sort of summed up that series. That was when Hibbert was at his peak. It was the oh, verticality. verticality, baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and when I looking back at that one as well, Mello's very much like Tatum. The ball is over the cylinder, but Hibbert's enormous hand uh, prevents it from going in. Mm-hmm. And um, and and that's just kind of the way you remember, like the Knicks from there. Just could, I don't think they led after that, and that was the last time they were in the playoffs. So, That's a good um, one. That's yeah. I'm, lo- I'm loving this list. Breaking it down here. These now, Trey, Trey, you've had a bad day, but I've got one here for you. A savior. Game six of the 2009 first round Bulls and Celtics. Now, of course, uh, we remember that game. That was the triple overtime mm-hmm. game. The Bulls are up by one with about 10 seconds to go. It gets to about five seconds to go. Rajon Rondo's in the lane, fakes out Derek Rose. Rose recovers and blocks that shot, saves oh, yeah. the game. The Bulls go on to win that game. Of course, they lose that series, but that was uh, that was an incredible block from Rose because Rondo's kind of beaten him, and he comes back and he gets a really clean block. And then the Bull- there's enough time for the Celtics to recover, but Rose, I think it is, actually gathers the ball and uh, and runs out the clock. So a great game, great finish to that game for Chicago. That was uh, an incredible series. So um, so yeah, there you go. There's five That's blocks that I think fantastic. have been fantastic. These are great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they were significant playoff moments. So go check them out. There you go. Yeah, DA, you're right. Definitely was the first one out there to have uh, his top five playoff blocks of all time. And then everybody else was doing it, like you said. I like that. Nice little wrinkle to that. Because otherwise, I mean, it really is like it's like five or six yeah. of the same ones over and over again. It's at least three or four of the same ones over and over again because they were that uh, impressive. Like you said, you listed them right off the top there. But those are good. Yeah, you're refreshing my memory. Somehow you can remember those, but you can't remember what you said about Russell Westbrook. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I just, just said kidding. it was most improved. Anyway, but do you like the resistance I showed by not putting in the manager nobly on James Harden? One? Yes, yes. <laughs> I thought that yeah, would yeah, be yeah, in yeah. there. I thought that's what you were going <laughs> for, for sure. Because <laughs> I was going to say, you know what? This playoffs, these, these playoffs in the bubble, we've had four incredible blocks. We've had Harden on Dort. Yep. We've had Norm Powell, uh, Marcus Smart on Norm Powell uh, mm-hmm. in Game Seven, that mm-hmm. fast break dunk. We've of course yeah. had Bam and Jay Tatum, and uh, and what was the other? oh, and then the Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, finger. Fin- yeah, yeah, the Kawhi yeah, Leonard middle finger, finger block on uh, on Jamal Murray. So yeah, it's been a great playoff series for block shots. And that's funny because we were talking about there has been a lot of posters like mm. dunks, and I've been huge, huge, huge dunks in the bubble, but we are getting the blocks. Great list. Loved it. I'm sure the fans loved it. How much work do you put in that, Lee? Uh, more than you probably think, because no, uh, once you it. go down those uh, YouTube rabbit holes, you start finding all sorts of dunks, uh, all sorts of blocks. And uh, <laughs> I wanted to add a few more in there, but you know, I slipped a few extras in. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Okay, great stuff. Oh, sorry, sorry. Actually, one more thing. One more thing. This is another thing I found. Uh, I, I went all CSI on uh, one <laughs> famous block that we think of as a block. 
but is it actually a block? Oh. I wonder if you guys know what I'm talking about here. It's game five, 1993, Bulls-Knicks. Uh, Bulls oh, Bulls-Knicks. And mm-hmm. it's the uh, Charles Charles Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah. Scotty Pippen gets credited for the block, but according to Basketball Reference, Scotty Pippen has zero blocks that day. Ooh. And when I went back and looked at it, Charles Smith kind of fumbles the first time. Yes. Jordan strips him the second time. And then there's that one. Pippen, you sort of see him contest it, but I think he actually just loses possession of it, Charles Smith. So mm, Pippen yeah. doesn't actually block it. Uh, yeah. So but people do But people do credit him for that block. You're right. You're right. He just block. lost it for sure. Yeah. Team yeah. block? Yeah. 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 It's got to so, be, yeah. But uh, yeah. I do appreciate the CSI, the Charles Smith investigation. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great work, Lee. Tonight, we got a game back on our network here. East Finals, game two. It's on ESPN. 7 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. What are you laughing about there, Taz? Uh, you just said back on our network. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. Just took me back to uh, starters days there yeah. for a second. I thought it was on NBA TV. Wow. Um, They're putting the Eastern Conference Finals on NBA TV. Woo! You didn't nice. see that coming, did you? Yeah, no, game two, but it's on uh, 7 o'clock. So we get the earlier start. Heat, of course, took game one in overtime thanks to Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo's late heroics, uh, including that huge, huge block there from Bam on Tatum's dunk attempt. But... Let's end this podcast with something you're watching for in game two. Um, Trey, why don't you get us started with something you're zeroing in on tonight? Beantown, be better. That's my main thing. The Celtics have to be better in transition defense, I think, is number one because uh, the Heat were able to get on track the most when Goran Dragic was kind of running wild out there. Same with Tyler Hero. Once uh, Miami was able to push the pace, that was their most efficient scoring for me, and that was something we didn't really see uh, in the Celtics series versus the Raptors. We know that Boston is capable of playing great transition defense. They just need to do it. And then on the flip side for the Celtics, if this is a close game in the fourth quarter, they got to do a little bit more on offense. They got to have a little bit more ball movement and a little less one-on-one play. They've got some great isolation players in Tatum and uh, Kemba Walker, but they're at their best when the ball is moving, when they're getting shots, when they're getting a wide open corner three for Jalen Brown in the corner. So there are... uh, Things that the Celtics can improve on, I would say, by 10%, right? Just a little bit better in transition defense and a little bit better in clutch offense. That flips the game if you're playing in an overtime scenario. For sure. Tass, what about yourself? Well, the Celtics got to get Kemba Walker going a little bit. I just wonder if Brad Stevens changes it up just to get him off the ball a little bit more, as he did in the, the Raptors series, a touch just to get him not having to carry the offense as much and also just think a little bit less. You know, Kemba come around this down screen, hit this shot. You don't have to create absolutely everything because if Kemba gets going, it's bad news for the Miami Heat because Jason Tatum is the best offensive player in this series still. And he was going, even though he did play a lot of uh, Tyler Hero type ball at the end of that game uh, where it was a lot of isolation. I wonder if the Heat try and change it up a little bit on him because he was going uh, so well, probably not. They probably just try and guard him one on one, and they probably continue to let uh, Marcus Smart shoot and hope yeah. that he doesn't hit six threes. Uh, it's you know they, they'll always say, "Hey, we got to get out to the shooters. We got to get out to the shooters." Uh, but I think they're just going to let Marcus Smart go and continue to take away Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker with with the eyes of Bam Adebayo sneaking over there at all times, and Marcus Smart will have the ability to. To keep rifling, and if if he continues to hit five or six threes, you'd think that really, really favors the Celtics. Um, 
But I don't know. You never know with Marcus Smart. You never know what no. you're going to get. Is it going to be a three? Is it going to be a flop? You could do both on the same possession. <laughs> uh, and they both could get calls. Who knows? Uh, looking forward to, to seeing if the Heat change anything uh, defensively because they're just so fun to watch on defense. Lee, what do you got? Uh, coming into the series, I wondered how the Celtics would defend the Miami three-point shooting. The Heat went 16 for 36, 44% in game mm-hmm. one. The Heat will take that. That's uh, it's a pretty good percentage, and they're knocking down quite a few there. And they got contributions from everybody. You know, like you talk about the Celtics there. I mean, Marcus Smart hit six. Jason Tatum hit four. Uh, but other than that, no one else really hit any, any for the uh, Celtics, whereas the Heat got threes from Butler, Crowder, Dragic, Robinson, Iguodala, Kendrick Nunn, and Tyler Hero. So wow. uh, that, to me, I think is a key to the Heat offense is when they're getting contributions from everyone coming off the bench. And Duncan Robinson had a pretty bad game. He's in foul trouble, but he still contributed. Uh, and that is key, I think, for Miami. If they can keep those threes going down, uh, that really does open things up for them, uh, especially as you know, Bam out of bio. I mean, he had nine assists in this game. So he knows how to find his shooters if uh, if the Heat tr- if the Celtics try to get him doubled or anything like that he's going to find those guys to shoot him and if they're knocking them down I think it favors the Heat. All right, hopefully it's another great game just like game 1. We'll be back uh, on Friday here Friday morning to talk about that game, get some more news in. Email us your questions and comments for the next Beach Step in podcast. Heck, we sometimes get so many we just start slipping them into the daily shows. So keep those coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at no dunks inc. Grab your no dunks merchandise like a big boy at no dunks.com. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the athletic. Tell them we sent you. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks and you can sign up right now for one dollar a month. It's ridiculous that deal. So if you haven't already, go subscribe to The Athletic. Again, theathletic.com slash no dunks. All right, fun podcast here. We'll have to check the tape on what Lee said about Westbrook. That could take all day, but we will be back tomorrow morning and join us live on YouTube at 10 a.m. Eastern. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Bam Adebayo has the strongest wrists in the NBA. Embrace the day, people.